Majors. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm Katie. And this week we're talking about the John Carpenter, Kurt Russell combo in Big Trouble in Little China. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking this episode? What does everybody have? I have Stag Jr. dipping into the good stuff in Mm -hmm. my Widowmaker little goblet. That's lovely. Um, Katie does love a spiked Mm -hmm. seltzer in the summertime. Uh, I unfortunately finished. We had a four pack of strawberry seltzers it's from Concha Hocken Brewings making their Ooh. own seltzer now, and it is delicious. But I just finished the last one. Shovel Town has started making a hard oh, seltzer as well, and it's so supposed good. to be fantastic. It's so good. So I hit up Total Wine mm-hmm. with a mission for some upcoming themed beers for future episodes. And I dug back into the back catalog of former beers that have been on the show. Mm -hmm. And I brought back a favorite. Okay. Ninja versus unicorn beer is back. That is the perfect pairing, Brian. Well done for this. I could could say mine is also on purpose. White claw as in the long taloned nails mm. of our antagonist. Okay. David Lopez. Okay, I got that. Yeah, I like that. We can uh, with that. Are we to assume that the ninja has bested the pirate? I mean, you don't just go right to unicorn. You, The ninja versus pirate debate oh. has raged for years. Oh, well, maybe there's so. another beer that confronts that story. Like yeah, I'll look it up. Versus pirate versus... Pirate versus ninjas. Yes, Loss. it's no. from... Mamas. There, I show a video that's um, pirates versus ninjas versus cephalopods. Okay. That's, that's, a, that's a different one. I actually, speaking of pirates, I've started to compile a list for next season of commagers of types of films we have not done. We have mm. not done a pirate film mm. uh, as of yet. A mm. film feature, though I guess Princess Bride is kind mm. of featuring mm-hmm. a pirate, but it is not a pirate film. No, that's true. Not even it's true. Not, not Are even there, no is that very a, little swash? Is that large enough to consider that a subgenre? How many pirate, pirate films? films are there? Oh yeah, pirate, pirate films, films used to be really. You don't big. know pirate films? I could pirate only films. name Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, well, lots of pirate. There are a lot of pirate films. Of that's all I've got. Well, that's <laughs> that's it. That's it. Cut Cutthroat Island. Um, nope. What's the one Swiss Family Robinson? Yeah, there's pirates in there. How about, of pirates how about Moana? Oh, Is Moana true. a pirate movie? Yeah, questionable. Pirates no. make an appearance. Really. Is Waterworld a pirate movie? Yes. Haven't seen it. Love it. Uh, here we go. Fact check. Mm. Um, I want to say about a month ago. I've tried to black out this episode when mm. we were talking about from Justin to Kelly. But as we were discussing the film, a story was brought up about Katie feeling sort of violated mm. uh, by being forced on to Splash Mountain. Mm-hmm. Traumatized. Uh, Trauma. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, but Splash Mountain came up in the news this week. So this mm-hmm. is not a fact check about an episode per mm-hmm. se, but a story. Mm. They are updating Splash Mountain. And I think it's going to force Katie to go on it the next time she goes because Splash Mountain, the ride itself yeah. will remain the same, but they're going to re-image all the animatronics for a fantastic film. So here's, okay, go ahead. Go, yep. Which is, okay. can you share with uh, what the movie is? Princess and the Frog. Yes! And so here's the question. Mm. Did the underlying racism behind uh, Stor- Song of the Song South, of the South. Um, yeah. make Splash Mountain even more terrifying for me mm. on a subconscious level. I um, don't think or, you probably even recognize that movie because exactly. it's so obscure. And that it, I found it odd that it was even the focus of a ride at Disney World. Does to be my with love you. of Princess and the Frog somehow soften no. my hatred no, of I, large drops? No, because I, I imagine based on what Disney does, is that some portion of that ride is going to be very creepy Shadow Man. Agreed, it's going to be Shadow Man. Well, and my whole problem with Splash Mountain was I really enjoyed, I liked the bunnies, bunnies frolicking, in song yeah. that, that was it was a lot of forest animals well, just turn it, it into animals like right well yeah it was not really the no there I, was I, a part where the forest was on fire and shit, oh no and then totally. you're like oh, no, no, right no, before I, you fall. Oh, no i'm agreeing yes, yes, that yes, with that yes. but i'm saying it was it, from 
I think most people will be hard pressed to know what film that was even mm-hmm. from, oh, yeah. which which surprised me that it was even well, there it. because that's that was nothing those, our kids would it's know. It's one of like, those movies that's so old that like no, folks even, know, but even the us. songs like, well, yeah, so, like I'm surprised I know when that, that came out. Do comes from that. I'm yeah, surprised but, when they brought that ride out, which is in our lifetime, and it's not. Oh yeah, which is in the fairly, late '90s, I think, when yeah, that came out. I was, it's shocking. I mean, actually. it's definitely it deserves it deserves a revamping because well, no, I thought the movie what, reference what, is lost on everybody. What I was going to say is that why didn't they just use the Little Mermaid or one of those films that was you know appropriate at the time? Like, sure. I don't weird. know why. I, no, I, I listen. So many things. Anyway, so many things. But you have to. I think you're going to have to. I, I'm excited. I'm go I, think on it. I want Lily and I will go. On listen, it. we didn't go when we went last time just because the, the kids were a little too young. Eva for and it. I will go get a Dole Whip, and we will meet you at the end. There's stand on the little bridge. That's fine. We split up sometimes. Jack and I went on the Star Wars mm-hmm. Star Tours ride, and nobody else wanted to go on it. Lily can be your sidekick. I will be eating all the Dole Whips. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, all right. There we go. That's fact check. Mm. Um, we have one shout out. Okay. Yes. Fan, a fan birthday. Oh. A happy birthday to fan commenter, Mr. Brett Buckridge. Oh, oh yeah. Happy Sorry, it was a birthday this week. Yes, happy it was. birthday, of course. Um, all right. It is time for the rundown. I can't fucking wait for this. <laughs> You didn't beep yourself. I can't wait for this. What was the name of the eagle on the Muppets? What did the news? Sam the Eagle. I think we've had this conversation. We've done this one before. I've run out of people. Okay. Um, In a movie that can only be described as Roadhouse meets Ghostbusters meets Double Dragon. Kurt Russell plays an eyeliner and go-go boot wearing trucker turned overnight hero when he gets roped into some Chinatown immortal organized crime. His friend's girlfriend gets kidnapped by flying warriors who are bringing her to marry a centuries-old cursed magician who must sacrifice his green-eyed wife to live a mortal life. Kurt Russell and squad must travel to the center of the earth to kill the man of long fingernails and save not one, but two green-eyed goddesses. Do-do-do. Yeah. All right. I um, love it. Yeah, not the center of the earth, but we'll I know. later. I know. <laughs> no, I knew that, but then I was like, then it was getting way too specific. I was okay. like, that's fine. They go, they go down. Was, they go down to some fine. sort of a... It was fine. There's the blood, the black blood of the earth. Yeah. It black felt blood like of the it, earth. It felt like it was the core of the earth. Scott Mullen... How did I do on the rundown? What are our thoughts? He's not going to love that. No, he says no, whoa. I don't think so. He said whoa. I feel it like was very disrespectful can... to the movie. What? Are you serious? Um, it's questionable. It was not disrespectful. Mm. It was pretty accurate. It's a hard but movie to be disrespectful towards. I was going to say it's a very hard movie that to summarize. To, that means you have one. to respect the movie first <laughs> to disrespect. <laughs> this movie is amazing. <laughs> Brian, um, I I will say usually you know. We'll say, how do we feel about the movie? I will just say, halfway through this movie, Katie looked at me and said, this is better than Roadhouse. (laughs) So you know where Katie stands on this. The magic. Well, so Patrick Swayze and Kurt Russell are pretty equally matched for me and my my love for them. I could say there are many similarities between the two of them. Um, The addition of magic, the the magical element of this movie, It, I know it didn't have Sam Elliott. I know it didn't have Sam no. Elliott. So, but it had that. like, yeah, it had, uh, but you, know, you know, Asian versions so of Sam Elliott. So many other great things. <laughs> so many other great things. Yeah. All right. And so, this. what were you, what were you the great things that you, uh, yeah, what did you love about it? So, I do, I, th- I think I really enjoyed the use of the like fantastic in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, the like, the levitating ninjas and the, you know, the use of the, the gems that blow up things and the guy that turns into Jabba the Hutt in Ch- like Chinatown version of Jabba the Hutt. Um, there were just so many, so many, <laughs> so many great, just like great little moments. And I was in for it. I believed all of them. It's like, yes, this is the, this is the magic 
This is the Chinatown magic. It was great. I, at the beginning, was like, what is going on here? I had forgotten a lot of this yes. movie, <laughs> like a, a lot, a lot of this movie. I feel like I remembered the like last third of it. The first third, no clue. I was very confused. The yellow headbands, the red handbands. <laughs> I mean, it was fine. I, I loved it all. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I was a little lost in the mythology of it and stuff. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, I didn't really care. No, it didn't really I don't matter. Think really, I didn't. It was like a lot there's of exposition. There's a good team and there's, there's a bad like a team. Lot of, yeah, there's a lot of stuff being thrown out. And yeah. like background, I'm like, I'm not sure I need any of this and i'm fine with it now i i guess i appreciate there's one part of exposition that we think they removed that feels like that could have been no they left in oh well and, but well, it means yeah, yeah. that there was something else that they took out yeah. so at the end before they go into one of their like you know dangerous encounters our two lead characters are toasting and the one that's not kurt russell says uh, basically a toast that's a military yeah, toast, like right? Military. Like it's, a, it's an army yeah. toast. And Why? so I said, were they, is that how they know each other? Were they in the military together? Because that would make it's so very much possible. sense. And he's wearing like an, like a jumpsuit. He, he's like supposed he's a, to be Tom Cruise like he's a in pilot. Top Gun. Yeah, he's wearing like a Top Gun jumpsuit. Like, yeah. So, jumpsuits were kind of in in 80s ninja films. I just watched yeah. Ninja 3, The Domination, mm. and there were a lot of people in jumpsuits in that. I'm just as saying well. the part of the story that was not told was their, their backstory. Yeah. Like, I also he, he's found, not just a guy that randomly goes into Chinatown and plays cards with all these people. I, I knows found the opening of the movie to be really odd. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't get why this is here at all. But then I read the IMDb page and it said the studio made it put it in with the lawyer oh, and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, the lawyer. Because oh, the yeah. lawyer was not supposed to be there, but they thought that the studio thought, and this is I, actually a lot of studio notes on this film that I read are trash. Mm -hmm. They should have just, in fact, John Carpenter stopped making studio films for the rest of the 80s after this because he was so disillusioned about what they made him do with this movie. But the studio said they needed to have that in to make it seem like Kurt Russell was more of a hero because yeah. it really makes no sense. So weird. Like, the whole block, the whole block didn't blow up. No, like they didn't need it. They could have just cut off that the first five minutes. It was completely unnecessary. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot about that part until you brought it yeah. up. And I mean, if we're being honest, let's just be honest, right? Like Kurt Russell was in this movie to increase the viewership for this movie because it is largely Asian actors, which I'm sure at that time, right? Like if he's not in this movie, it doesn't get the return on, you know, like the box office numbers that it that well, it do you drums know up. But like they were talking about for this role, they're not supposed Kurt to be. They're like they're a team. It's not like Kurt Kurt Russell is not like the hero of the film. No, like it's no, a, no, no. To me, it's like it's a this well, is a team effort. It is a team effort as far as like how things play out. But he is the main character. I guess so. Of this film, but he's it, the leading kind, man. He is. Yes, yes, yes. He is. But it's just interesting that it very much is really his friend's story yeah. that he ends up. He's helping his friend. It's not like it's yeah. his adventure, and his friend well, is his sidekick. Yes, or no, that he, he has was, a set of skills that his sidekick doesn't have. Like no, he was the team. sidekick. That was right. purposeful. They John Carpenter buried this as a movie. The, the intention always was the friend was the lead and Kurt Russell was supposed to be the bumbling sidekick. Yeah. And he, his point was that usually in films, the Asian character would be the bumbling sidekick. Yes. And so it's the reverse. And if you think about how Kurt Russell perform that makes yeah, sense also they the studio had wild notes like let's get jack nicholson to play the kurt russell role like what who could you ever see he really wanted though john carpenter really wanted jackie chan for the lead but the studio wouldn't let him do it because they didn't believe his english was good enough mm. which is wild if you think about what jackie chan has become because jackie yeah. chan was coming off police story mm -hmm. uh, which i watched for the first time which is a wild movie if you want to see it that came out the year before this and was a huge hit it's like 
viewed by many as a pinnacle like film. It's a Criterion collection yeah. film, actually. It's the, interesting. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The um, Kurt Russell, though, in this movie, I think one of the the best things that they did is like, even though he is technically along for the ride, he is the perspective of, you know, everybody who's not familiar with Chinatown in this or the little China and what's going on. But, and his character is absolutely absurd, right? Like the, the idea that he is, uh, Han, he's basically Han Solo who fails at pretty much everything he does in the entire movie until the very end. Yeah. His reflexes. Uh, his reflexes. Really all he it has is, is his reflexes. They're, That's his only skill and that is his own. His only power. <laughs> yeah. And his his confidence in this film is so unwarranted and hilarious that it just it works. This movie works in so many ways that it shouldn't. Yeah. Um but I do think that there is uh, that the beginning of the movie and the last few minutes of the movie, I felt like the last few minutes of the movie, it, it ends in a weird place with like the oh, way yeah, that you, he, do, you have trouble reading these, these relationship things no. all the time. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Well, you did the same thing. I, I will, I will share fact check about myself that a little bit and, yeah, share and I'll your, find how you feel about your relationship. I'll have Katie to go back and li- listen, but there was enough cause you immediately turned with the whole Kim Cattrall thing on how that finished. And that is basically like him just trying to be cooler than he actually is. That's interesting. I because yeah. you did not see it that way. But that's I didn't. Exactly what I didn't. Brian, uh, okay. How, well, how, well, how did Katie see it? I, I want to hear which well, one I sounds thought, smarter, like, and then I'm just going to take that point of view as mine. I thought that it was interesting that he very much like fixates on her from the first time he sees her at the airport. Like wants to to be with her and. You know, there, there's a gap of time, I guess, at the end. But like, the, you know, the last scene we really see is them still kind of in in the throes of this adventure. You know, this like obstacle course of freeing Gracie Law from <laughs> from the Claw Man. And then it's like, all right, I got to hit the road. And he kind of says, like, will I see you again? And she's like, well... Not unless you're going to buy a truck that has room for us to no, no. live he, in it. He says, I could settle <laughs> down and, you know. Yeah, and then she's like, no, I couldn't do that. You you need right? to be on the road. And right? she's like, but if you bought this yeah. type of truck, right? I could come. See, I kind of think then, it's, a sp- it's the next part, though, that really got me where it was like, okay, I got to go. And somebody oh, else is like, Margo says are, you, aren't yeah. you going to at least kiss her? And he's like, No. I think it's a split between kind of what you're both saying. My read on that was that, and they set it up, I thought a little bit in the dialogue, he's had multiple wives, you know, he's divorced a bunch of times, all that. And he thinks he's cooler than he is, but I, maybe I'm wrong on this. I kind of took it as like at the beginning, here's just another woman he wanted to get with. Mm -hmm. Right. And by the end, he realized he valued her more than that. And, you know, it was kind of like he had a respect for her. And mm. he's like, you know what? No, I'm not. I res- I'm, I'm, I'm going to go because this is who I am. And I'm not going to be anything more than that. I don't know. I'm a nobleman. But I don't think so. Well, I don't <laughs> think that plays well, if I'm being honest, because I think like the, the women probably, you know, in that scene, we're with Gracie and the way weird. he walks out. Weird. I'm like, I was like. Yeah, but she didn't take that too hard, which really? I thought was interesting. I thought no, <laughs> I, I thought the like, look on her face was kind of like no, it was very much like yeah, old school. Like, like uh, frankly, darling, I don't give a damn. You know, yes, like, I, that's not I, respectful at all. Uh, that I don't know. Yeah, that, that was the only piece. Well, I just I don't felt think like trim off a, those last and first few minutes. Well, I think movie. his character is an idiot. A lovable yes. idiot, but he's yes. an idiot. The point towards the end when he shoots the gun into the air and knocks himself out conscious oh, is his character mm. with like, the lipstick all over his yeah, face. Oh my god! Over his face. No, I mean, a- absolutely, and that yes, well, and that's part of it, right? Because I, I, I that's where I was feeling like that the ending just felt like it didn't quite jive with with who he was in the film. Mm-hmm. Well, but. well, let me tell you something. As I'm watching this film, um. And I've been going into the back catalog of 
how does this get made recently to catch up on films? I'm watching this film and it's right in the mid eighties. It's made 1986. And I feel like this movie is what a lot of movies on how did this get made aim to be, but miss like you watch, like I watched Ninja three as a joke, but they had to, they're in this vein, right? Like the sets are kind of crazy. They look that the effects, everything, but it works this time. And the eighties is filled with movies like this. We can, we joke about it, go back and watching it and stuff like this. But I'll tell you, this film is uniquely eighties to me because in the eighties, they were just willing to go for it. And, and it fails miserably a lot of times. And the eighties is littered with films that are like this, that just fail that are comical and so bad. You can't watch it. Or they fail in ways like we've said with pretty woman, where they try to be something more than they are. But occasionally you get something like this and it is. And roadhouse is another example of it, right? Like it's, it is what it is. It knows what it is. It plays into it. And it works. This this is much better than Roadhouse. As far as and I think that's John Carpenter. Like as far as like a film, this, this movie. Yes. The reason this works is because the attention to detail makes it work, and and that's where all those other movies I think fall down. So like when you're owning the fact that you're writing like a supernatural, you know, Asian sorcery movie. They dive into that and like and like have long exposition around why things are the way they are and um and they embrace the goofiness of it in a way that doesn't they don't try to make it cooler or I don't know there's it just is what it is yeah, and they accept it yeah um and they pair that with like just really good I think again like when we go back to we talked about this with Spinal Tap and we talked about this with There's Something About Mary. Like the humor in this movie for me happens with those turns of phrases again that is timeless. And and characters' reactions to things, there's no gross out, you know, gag humor. I mean, obviously it's kind of a gag humor to have him shoot and the rocks fall on him and you know, yeah, there's a little a bit of slapstick. Yeah, but that's that is slapstick, not gross, but, out, which I think you can get away with. But the dialogue between Jack and the other characters, I think, is what always draws me back because the character is so ridiculous. The way he reacts to everything is basically like, what the hell's going on? But to Brian's point, he's almost doing the exact same thing that Brian said at the beginning. Like he doesn't he gets a little bit of exposition and he's half the character is literally like half understanding. And doesn't really oh. care. And yeah, so he's, he's like, laughing. yeah, he's, he's like, like uh, 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 yeah. fuck it, it's a Tuesday? What, yeah, what day is it? Yeah. Yeah. In a world, the like he, you know, 20 years from this, he is the dude. Mm-hmm. Right? Like He like, was a very dude ass. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. kept thinking that Jim DeSanto with the beautiful beard shaved head look now could pull off the Jack Burton look. We should get him the tank top, Mm-mm. get those high waisted nope. pants, no. get those boots. Can nope. we talk about yeah, those talk, boots? Are those, boots. Are those women's boots? Understand are they the they're women's boots? I don't understand I the boots. They're from the Rivendell. The boots what look are the like boots? nothing that somebody would wear. No, in the 80s, they do. <laughs> in the 80s, do they? they do. I think people in the There's 80s a lot of laces for a, that. For a truck I want to know. He's a, he's a truck driver. Maybe mm. those are comfortable. I'm not they understanding. They do not look did, comfortable. Did you those have are, any... So the two things, like, did you have any standout lines from this movie? Because I have a lot. Can we also ask, because we have a super fan listening along with us, and so, um, Scott, will you also add in favorite lines and maybe favorite scene for us to talk about? Or set piece, because the the sets are ridiculous. You know what's funny is I, there's not lines that... Beastmaster boots. Oh, they are Beastmaster boots. Very close. That's another movie that is sort of... Well done. Yes, kind of crazy. Um, there weren't necessarily. Li- I laughed out loud a lot in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, me too. Be- and it's it. This is not something. If I'm going to be honest, if I look at the Kurt Russell 
John Carpenter film matchup. And there were four in a very short period of time. They did an Elvis movie together. It was Elvis. They did. Then they did escape from New York. Then they did thing, the thing. And then they did um, this movie. Uh, I've always been more of an escape from New York snake Plissken fan to this one. So I know that movie. I've watched that movie a lot more times. I actually wrote my junior high school uh, thesis paper partly on uh, escape from New York, uh, top gun and die hard surviving tough situations. It's a great read. I have it. I'll upload it to social media. You can, you can read it. Um, but this movie, I, I, like I said, the humor is great in it. So, but I, my point being basically, I, I'm not, it's not like Lebowski where I can quote it, but the line yeah. delivery in it is, it, it, I did keep thinking about Jeff Bridges and Lebowski and Kurt Russell in this. And there is yeah. kind of a parallel, I think, between. Yeah, they, play the they are similar. And the way that the dialogue kind of flows is similar in some respects. Like, my, there are a few lines that I absolutely love. One is when they're in the sewers they're they're traveling to um to david lopan's palace under the where under is, the right? town and this monster comes out of the wall and eats one of the people that they're out with. of nowhere right <laughs> yeah, out, out of, of nowhere, nowhere this creature and egg shen throws a, a some what what looks like dollar store marbles yeah. he pulls out and he throws them and he says it will come out no more uh, and Jack's like what what will come out no more <laughs> I what was like when Kim, Cattrall, for Kim Cattrall just gets that monster just it shows up oh, out yeah, of nowhere yeah, the, the, it's just like out of nowhere these things are yeah. showing up but I was, was I, that an extra from Labyrinth by the way ooh, that monster well, now, here's same the thing. year Came out the same year. Mm-hmm. The, the, the monster year. that's like the ball with all the eyes is actually like a traditional like monster. Like the beholder is something that people know about. And I wonder if the other creatures are like Sasquatch are Chinese mythological. Well, they might beings. be. Apparently yeah. a lot of it was tied into it. And Scott said this in our, our chat, but I had read this as well. Actually, it's a movie I saw a lot more growing up than this movie, which is The Golden Child. Yes. Was, and actually, originally... <laughs> John Carpenter was pitched the golden child to direct and he wanted to do this instead. And he was kind of pissed because they have similar, not completely similar, but the, the vibe of the mythology behind Chinese culture attached to them. Yeah. So I said, my, I, I, I want the night. Oh God, the golden child. So is in my awesome. Brie, well, and I, th- that was a whole thing, right? Of like finishing this fast so that it could come out well in advance of the golden child um in my quick but i thought in-depth research about this movie she found a list of 25 things that were factual i did i did find you were on the intranet again i found some things um but what i was looking for was like i wanted to know those things i wanted to know like who helped write this movie like what traditions does this draw upon like what you know like give me give me the background on like why the guys wear the baskets on their heads and what's the deal with him having really long nails right now i could look up individual questions and find those answers but i i was no one has written a thesis so no we need your paper somebody needs to write this paper like i i need to know sorry i did it on escape from the cultural background behind big trouble in little china but this is and this is exactly sort of ties into what i was talking about all these things are intentional and they feel cohesive and that is partly i think why this movie works is that they actually paid attention to those details and like even even those monsters as weird as they seem they somehow they're awesome they feel right oh yeah totally in this movie no i mean i was joking about it um feeling kind of like double dragon in comparison there there are things that happen in double dragon that make absolutely no sense in terms of like the the monster figures that come out of note right everything in this movie i was like yes Totally. No, but do, do you know what my I think Double Dragon and all those again, how to get made movies are true. It's like the stuff doesn't necessarily make sense, even in this movie, but it feels organic with it. But that's OK because of how it's done. Yeah. I feel like you can get 
I don't even know what how to say. It's almost going back to when we talked about the Big Lebowski. Like none of that makes sense. But if you have developed a world and you have characters and you have dialogue that's worthwhile in movies, you're almost willing to go anywhere with yeah. anything. Yeah. You know, if you don't have that, then you could have the greatest. You could have movies, and we see this now, where they put two hundred million dollars in it, and it's trash. Mm. But I think John Carpenter is able to do this because I was thinking about it and I had watched just in a run here. I watched Police Story. I watched Ninja Three and then I watched this and they're all made within two years of each other. The the fighting in these movies are not great by modern standards. Mm -hmm. They're not. But this movie is significant. I think this movie is even better than Police Story and somebody might get mad at me about that because I think John Carpenter's just a better director mm-hmm. and i just and they had money all right this was a 25 million dollar budget for back then which it's pretty this is a, actually i was shocked it was a bigger budget than i thought mm-hmm. because some of the stuff in there seemed slightly lower budget which i was fine with because mm. escape from new york was like that as well like i don't One mind scene that. that i wanted like I wanted a little a little extra something it's like the the preparation of the brides scene where you see what's the antagonist's name? David Lopen. Lopen. You see no, Lopen's David Lopen, please. Right and left hand. He's a prominent businessman. He's a prominent businessman, importer, exporter of fish. His two guys who we've seen in suits up until this point, they emerge in their like warrior attire, right? Yes. And well, the we first see them guy, in the original fight. The, true. The first guy comes down with his blades and he's doing this like crazy dance thing. Oh, and I'm like, is he going to cut the women? Crazy. Like what's happening with the blades? And Jim was like, Why no, it's just a ceremony. This? Fine. I'm in. But then the next guy with the luxurious long hair comes down. And I felt like his performance was a little bit weak. I felt like David Lopen. Like the part where he's doing the back over his back. No, it wasn't believable. It was more elegant. No, I thought- it was not. It could have been I better. Have a question oh, and then about you had that the guy scene. with the lightning. That was great. What? Oh, Lightning Man was awesome. Raiden. Was the dance off in Zoolander inspired by that? It was a <laughs> very, <laughs> very Zoolander. We could have used the Billy Zane here. <laughs> very. Uh, I, I. You know what I kept thinking about um, when I was watching this is, I, for better or worse. I feel like this movie would almost be ruined today because this movie, if they tried to do it today, would be so much about the effects, so much about the action, the dialogue, the character. None of it would be important. And it is, you know, I feel like sometimes we watch these 80s movies and we're like, they dated like there's caricatures and there are. All right. There there are certainly stereotypes. I'm not talking about it is this great. But man, there is something about it where they're beloved and there's there's something about you can watch these movies and you say this is unique of that time period it's maybe because we were growing up and watching them i don't know but there's something awesome about the fact that you were able to take chances Mm -hmm. make these things and i don't feel like this would be allowed today and you know forget the stereo stereotype piece maybe but here's john carpenter in 1986 basically saying there are going to be two white people in this movie it's going to be kurt russell and it's going to be kim cattrall and that's it and we're going to do this and it's going to be about um chinese mythology and we're going to do it and it's going to be crazy and there's going to be you know looks like a rejects from jim henson's puppet shop and <laughs> crazy and we're just going to go for it and studios were like all right let's do it i don't think that would be done today and i mean there are lots of misses i mean the 80s are littered with holy shit what is this but we also get stuff like this which is awesome yeah and so uh, another thing we should talk about is lopan because that David character, Lopin? David Lupin, prominent, prominent, <laughs> one of my favorite pro- names in a movie of all time, prominent Chinatown <laughs> businessman. The media is trying to break him down. They yeah. want to know where David Lopin is. He seen him is in years. amazing in this movie for so many reasons. But the way he talks to Jack, and I just pulled up a quote because I couldn't quite remember what he says. But when he comes out for the first time, and they realize that he's not 
he is the old man, but he's also this like eternal being that can regain his youth. He says, Jack says, I don't get it. I don't get this at all. I thought Lopan and he just says, shut up, Mr. Burton. You are not brought upon this world to get it. <laughs> like, the, the, and then there's the way where he like, he antagonizes them the first time they come in when he is the really old man. He's like, oh, they, 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 they. like he is amazing in this movie. When yep. he's a really old man, he looked like uh, I was wondering if Christopher Nolan's like, I want that makeup for Inception. He yes. looks oh, yeah. like, like the beginning yeah. scene from Inception. Now, yeah. it did feel watching this movie did feel like, oh, my God, so many other movies have like taken inspiration yeah. from everything in this film. There, there were some interesting choices in this film. <laughs> the exploding Cabbage Patch Kid. Uh, yeah. Um, but just like some of the storylines that were there, um, and I think this is one of those films where you're pro- we're probably more forgiving because we love it. Yeah. Like there's some characters and things here that are just wild, but it, yeah. but it works. It's like if it, if everything else wasn't good, it would be awful. This, yeah. this is literally, it's like on that razor's edge. We've brought up how it gets made. It's like one or two choices away from right. being like That's really a, you're exactly bad. Right. You forgive some of it. Like there are some extraneous characters that, could, and, that could have just and Margo. Been, yeah, but they're just, but just, they're lovable, and they they're lovable, been like, but they don't really the they don't really they add do anything. Oh, absolutely, do nothing. Just too, trim but. them right off. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering as I watched this, um, and I was thinking about it in terms of the thought process of like, what's the pitch for this movie? Can you imagine what the pitch for this movie is? You're John Carpenter, and you go in, and you're like, well, okay, it's it's Chinatown, right? We know Chinatown because this is not that far removed from Jack Nicholson's and Roman Polanski's China. It's Chinatown, but it's really about Chinese mythology. And we got a trucker. And uh, yeah, just see it with me here. And there's lightning and there's marbles being thrown. And yeah. like, I, it's kind of insanity so, that it even was made. I'm sorry that I don't know these things. Um, what did John Carpenter make before this? Yeah, so going into this... Well, can I do that? Because I was cu- really curious yeah, yeah, about go ahead. this. Oh, not Especially, much. No, well, there was a huge... I'm going to skip the Elvis movie that I had talked about, but I, I wanted to see the Kurt Russell-John Carpenter combos. All right, so if you well, look well, at... Let's not what, forget, though, because he wrote Halloween... Yes, which he wrote is Halloween, gigantic. which is huge. So he the had, had yeah. yes, he did. Oh, he's a writer. He's, I see. Yes. Just, All right. So this okay. is his big thing. I found this really interesting. So Jim's right. Halloween, big hit. Escape from New York uh, is 1981. He got 7.2 million to make it. Or excuse me. Uh, he got 6 million to make it. It went on. That film went on to make 25 million, which is a huge turnover. So they say, OK, next one. The thing, which is, I mean, pretty much considered by a lot of people an amazing movie. They gave him 15 million because he wrote Halloween, like Jim said. He goes and makes Escape from New York, makes a ton of money. All right, we're going to give you 15 million. That went on to only make 19 million, which is in Hollywood a failure because usually with advertising and everything, he still kind of carried that was 82. Big Trouble in Little China comes along. He had had the Halloween franchises, which he had executive produced and stuff. He directed made Christine. some money. He did. So he had made some other movies that had made money. They said, we'll give you $25 million. This movie was a bomb at the box office. It globally made $11 million. It didn't even come close to recouping what it made. So... It was it, it's interesting when you look at his filmography, if you look at Christine's in between these. But if I said to you, Escape from New York, The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China, as like three films in a filmography from a director, that's pretty darn good in terms of cultural significance of directors in the 80s. Mm. But it, this was but a lot of them were not well received at the time. Yeah. You know, the thing is not it was not well received at the time. People didn't like it. It was very similar to another movie we had done on the show, The Shining. You know, people hated The Shining and they hated the thing at the time. And now 
30 years later, people are like, if you want to watch a horror movie, uh, you know, give us examples. We'll watch The Shining, watch The Thing. He, I think he was underappreciated in some respect for what he was making. By the way, The Thing is another book turned movie multiple times, I think. Yeah. It's called Is is There Anybody Out There or something like that? Yeah. It's been made three or four times. Yeah. It's, it is a very good movie. It's it's very like paranoid driven kind of situation going on. Well, we're seeing at some point, I think. Yeah. Um, well, everybody should. See we this forgot. Movie. Scott brings up very, something very some, very um, important that I noticed as a child and noticed again the other night while we're watching it. When the Thunder guy, the guy who represents the Thunder of the Three Storms, he. W- w- his end is that he gets so angry he he just fills with what I can only assume is steam pressure, mm. Mm. and it, that's what expands expands him, him and then Bubba the Hut. Bubba I mean, the, no, Bubba nope. the didn't really didn't, re, didn't really so get that. Maybe that's his, the new that's uh, another name. Yeah, Jabba. Jabba. He explodes. Scott said, and he was filled with lettuce because <laughs> you see. <laughs> They run around the corner, and then the the camera shows you back down that hallway, and he explodes, but you don't see him. You just see what does look like a bunch of romaine lettuce get thrown into the hallway. While romaine's expensive, it was probably the cheaper stuff. You know, probably some iceberg. It might have been bok choy. Might have have been some iceberg. Very good. Um, I do. So I, I wanted Gracie Law to use the spear, my, you know, feminist perspective in that scene. Man, I wish she had used the spear. Just give me a little, a little something of Gracie Law sticking, a, sticking it to the man. This was the 80s. I know. But, oh my gosh, when Jack Burton catches that knife and throws it back and it hits David Lopan right in the forehead and he falls over, that might be one of my favorite kills ever. Yeah, it's pretty good. That, I love and it. then all the Buddhas around the room. Yeah, it's yeah. great. All and they're all, fall. and they just pause and watch every single yeah. one of them go. Well, they spent they a go? lot of that it's money all the reflexes. Those Buddhas, so many Buddhas get the destroyed. Budget. The big Buddha gets a, gets it's a very disrespectful, a, very disrespectful. What can only be described as a gemstone rocket shot yes. into oh, yeah. its belly. Yes, I thought true. we were going to have the uh, <laughs> the end of Roadhouse. I thought the giant Buddha was going to fall and take like somebody out. Yeah. Like <laughs> somebody out. That would have been And then awesome. all the locals with guns would laugh. <laughs> and they'd be like, it's so funny we killed all those people tonight. Uh, we killed everybody. End of movie. It was great. Uh, it was great. I've never seen it before this. And oh, you had never no, seen this No, it's one of those movies all? that I thought I had seen, and then we started, I was like, oh, I have certainly never seen this movie. <laughs> this I would I remember. <laughs> yeah, a lot of blank spots with this no, film. No, I'm realizing I confused it with Tango What Cash. is that? <laughs> um, Ed Kurt Russell. Man, he's, he's just... Phenomenal. I don't, I'm trying to think of other... I mean, we saw him in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. but we, we yeah. have to really dig into his filmography. Love him. Yeah, love him. I love him. More, I just want to hang out with him more. and Goldie sometime. I just want to, like, go to their house. Hang yeah. out? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, all right, See time for like. World Game of the Week. Always growing, always evolving. I have created a new game All right. for, our pro- for our program. This game is Trifecta. All right. Okay. You are going to pick a star. You are going to pick a director. Mm-hmm. And you are going to pick a genre mm-hmm. of film. Okay. okay. All right. There are going to be mm-hmm. three choices in each category, and mm-hmm. you are going to make the perfect film yes okay yep uh so let me break this down for you mm-hmm. i have dug deep back into the calm majors catalog mm-hmm. i have three stars from 1980s films mm-hmm. that we have seen three directors and then i have created some genres that i think will be enjoyable for mm-hmm. us to use uh here are our actors should it be one mr patrick swayze as the star of our film Kurt Russell or the king of the cod piece, David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Directors, of course, huge, uber, amazing director Steven Spielberg. Of course, Jim Henson or 
Commager's favorite director, Emil Ardellino. And here are genre films. Should it be a 19th century period drama? Should it be a dystopian sci-fi film? Or should it be a road trip buddy comedy in which your actor is teamed up with Richard Grieco of If Looks Could Kill fan? I'm ready. Okay. All right, Jim, go. I'm taking Kurt Russell Mm -hmm. in a Steven Spielberg Mm -hmm. dystopian sci-fi film. Mm. Very safe, Jim. I knew you. I know, but well, you picked shitty other. I mean, I didn't want to take Patrick Swayze. Um, I don't like David Bowie. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't like the two director, two other directors you picked, and the other, and I don't like Richard Grieco. So I'm not ruining my fucking movie with being rude. Yeah, so okay. you would make your film would make no money. Mm-hmm. We've established this previously mm-hmm. yep. on other games. Okay. Katie, what uh, are you I, doing? I too would like Kurt Russell in my okay. film. Uh I want to give Jim Henson another chance. Yeah. To do Why? I do. Why? I do. But Why? here's Ugh. what I'm hoping. Here's what I'm hoping that he's learned. Um Well, he, he has been dead for 40 years. Yes. In his in the afterlife experience, what I'm hoping is that he's learned that he needs other people. He can't make the movie alone with only his vision. So I am taking a more enlightened dead Jim Henson who is okay. going to lean on other folks who can make better movies. But we are going to use his Muppet making skills and we Ooh, are going to make a dystopian that? sci-fi film okay. that uses puppets. Because that's, uh, that's uh, basically right. the life that we're living right now. Okay, so it is it. going to be one of those. Could we just call it 2020? That 2020. could be the title of the film. Thank you. Um, of course, the correct answer is David Bowie <laughs> should be starring in an Emil Ardellino production, <laughs> which is a road trip buddy comedy with one Mr. <laughs> Richard Grieco. Now, I don't want Scott. to see David Bowie on a road trip. Could you imagine David Bowie, no. Richard Grieco, Emil Ardellino? Nope. I don't. I know. Workshopping. No, nope. I yeah. want to see just the workshopping of no. that film. No, be amazing. Um, we have Scott playing along. He says uh, David Bowie, Jim Henson in a dystopian sci-fi. Well, that was kind of what Labyrinth was. Yeah, <laughs> David Bowie has not proven himself to be yeah. like why? Why give him another chance? David Bowie and Sweetum save the UK of here. We are here. We'll just pretend that he's made another Stadler movie. I'm David Bowie. He is. Look at my cod piece. My fa- our Facebook friends. We we have the David yeah. Bowie action figure can, d- saying yeah. hello. And what fifteen year old girl can be my no, co-star? Stop. Oh my god! Oh. Just as an aside, um, there was a lot of. Um, photos put online a couple of days ago because it was an anniversary of when labyrinth was released mm-hmm. and there were some creepy ass pictures of him like petting jennifer conley's oh, hair God, i hate it i it hate it so really, much really yeah. really our, disturbing our commenter went one step further with his movie idea bowie and sweetum saved i i've said this you weren't listening. i wasn't listening <laughs> bowie and sweetum <laughs> saved I was distracted by David Bowie's human human appearance. I mean, this action figure looks exactly like David Bowie. It really does. I mean, really kind of creepy. The blouse in twenty one ninety nine. The UK is controlled by Stadler and Waldorf. Thank you. Thank you. Jim and I are playing the movie. I needed to hear it again. Jim and I are going to play him in the movie. It's going to Stadler and Waldorf. Yep. All right, time for five questions. You want answers? You want answers? We almost made it. I want the truth! What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? I can't believe that. Why? 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 I can only... The mics. Ah, That bed drop's the best thing we've done on this show in 103 episodes. It yeah. will not be beeped. Yeah. Uh, all right, here we go. Five questions for Jim, selector of this amazing film. Jim, uh, Kim Cattrall, of course, is in this film. Yeah. Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down from probably her most notable role, other than that of whoever she played in the first Police Academy movie or the mannequin from Mannequin. Uh, Sex in the City. Uh, I'll go with the pop adult thumbs up thumbs down and i'll say one thumb way up and one thumb way down when it was good 
comedy. It was, re- it was good. It was yep. very good. But when it was bad, it was putrid. In I a- don't think you can blame that on her, though. No. Th- well, no, just the oh. show. We're not blaming her. Yeah. We're okay. saying the show sorry, itself. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. I mean, I, there, there were episodes that I really, I really liked and I thought were funny and interesting. And then there were others that I would, were just so vapid and yeah. unfunny that I don't know. Agreed. Yep. Can I give a fun fact about Kim Cattrall from this movie? Yeah. Yes. Uh, she left set every day at 4.30 to go act in an Anton Chekhov film, The Three Sisters, which Jim and I Play. have... I'm sorry, play, uh, which Jim and I have seen Untrue. performed. We did. Oh, I did the cherry. Did tree. you sorry, see? The, I saw the three sisters. You did. You did saw you the see tree. the Aaron Sorkin version? Certainly not. Was, was um, but apparently this was a job that she took to finance her theater career. I love it. Because she I, really I enjoyed that. acting on the stage. Um, I love it. Yeah. Uh, Jim. Question two, would you rather a reboot? And there are reboot discussions for both of these options. Would you rather see a reboot of Big Trouble in Little China or, as we've talked about on previous episodes, Labyrinth? Uh, 100% Labyrinth because it's fucking awful and it mm-hmm. should be rebooted. Yes. Because there was there is an inkling of like a good idea there. Yep. Um, what I read about the Big Trouble in Little China is not that it's like a reboot, but that it would be a sequel that takes place years later starring yes. the rock, the rock which I'm in. Yeah. I'll watch him in anything. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Uh, question three, fill in the blank question. Jack Burton called his rig, the pork chop express. You'd call your rig the, Oh, see, I, I went with you'd, call, you wrote it. I'd call my rig. And I thought you oh, were talking about, okay, yourself. Well, that's fine. Okay. That's and fine. I was going to call it the pretzel rocket. Ooh. Oh, that's Brian's truck. I do yeah. love I like that. Pre- that's yeah. nice. Pretzels, pretzels <laughs> yeah. are my favorite food. That's nice. Uh, if it was going to be me, I don't know what I would call hmm. it. Whiskey wagon. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's good. I like that one. So um, what is a, a truck to Jack Burton would be a guitar to Jim DeSanto. Yes. And I feel the need when to is mention the new guitar arriving? it's coming this week. It sh- this well, like, it's going to be a hectic week. So this like, is the most exciting UPS is situation saying, that Jim has had in years. Yeah. UPS is saying Wednesday. Paul Reed Smith. Mm-hmm. Since, uh, yeah, since I was in... Since college. Since right after college, yeah. This feels the very, very exciting. Was that the one, which was the one... That you paid for? In, yes. <laughs> Uh, that was in college. That was the Paul okay. Reed Smith as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, a similar well, I situation. Didn't, I didn't pay for where it, they to be told me at that time. They told me it was going to take six months, mm-hmm. and I got it in about six weeks. Mm-hmm. And in this one, they told me it was going to take eight to ten months, and it's been just barely two. Did you pay okay. for it because Bre- uh, Jim didn't have a credit card? Is that what the the deal was? Well, Jim didn't have the money to get it up front, so, so and then I gave him, him cash. In advance. No, I, I paid the down cash. payment myself. Yes, yes, and then was like, oh, I'm going to save for the next yeah. eight months or six months and yeah. have the money. And then, they, like six weeks later, they were like, "Your guitar's here," and I was like, "I don't have shit," <laughs> but I did like literally within the next like week or two. Because you it had, wasn't it had, wasn't a extremely long time that I no, I paid my hard cash to Brian. Well, he made, yes, yeah. yeah, it was it was a short term loan. A DeSanto pays his debts. It was yeah. a zero percent <laughs> loan. Uh, all right. Favorite question. Uh, we put this up on Facebook. Lots of mm. responses to this. Uh, Jim, what's your favorite Kurt Russell film? I think it's probably this. I've seen this more than any other. Except maybe Overboard. I think I've seen Overboard I've seen more. Overboard so many but times. It, Love Captain Ron. Mm-hmm. It's oh, very, Captain very Ron. problematic. Overboard's extremely problematic. Yes. Now. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, yep. You mean yep. when he's sleeping with her and she doesn't know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yes. It's called rape. Yep. Yeah. And psychological abuse yeah, and all there's, kinds there's, of stuff. It's such, um, it was the 80s, though. You yep. just, yeah. We didn't know. We were kids. Yeah. It's part of the brainwashing. But I think it's, pr- if I were to rewatch it, I would probably say The Thing is the best Kurt Russell movie that I, so good. for me, that I mm. like. I did not, a hot take for me, I did not love The Hateful Eight. Yeah, you've said that before. Yeah, I, I will rewatch it because it's a Quentin Tarantino movie and I it deserves to be re- rewatched. 
Um, but I did not love it. And they destroyed like an 18, a, a Martin guitar from like the 1800s in that movie. Ew. For real. A real, a real, a real Martin. What? Martin was on set and they were allowing the. Why? Yeah, I don't know. But there's a scene in the movie where Kurt Russell grabs the guitar from Jennifer Jason Lee and smashes it. And they had like 40 current model Martin guitars made to look like the 1800 model. So like her reaction, because she knows that she's sitting there just playing around because she plays guitar with the real guitar. Ugh. And so it's, it's I don't a, even play guitar and I find that appalling. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're talking it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, Ridiculous. Yeah, uh, but lots of people follow us on social media. Lots of people who are talking about their favorite Kurt Russell films. Finally, deep thoughts question. Uh, this whole film is predicated mainly on the idea of friendship mm-hmm. and asking for ridiculous favors. So what is the craziest favor a friend ever asked you to do? I honestly thought about this for a long time, and I, I don't think anyone has really asked me to do something outlandish. Um. You know, I think when Brian has been slightly drunk, you know, there are moments where it's like, get me to Hafey. Those kinds of things. Yeah. But I was going to say, like, the, the Getting me that, home was a good idea, though. might not know um, some of your inner workings. It doesn't seem crazy, but the number of folks that have asked you to play music at some kind of an Oh, a my God. That's... So here's just like public service announcement. Like just because people can play music doesn't mean they want to at any opportunity. Right? Uh, yeah. And I typically do want to, but like at your wedding. No, no. Um, at a, just like a, like a bar. Sort no, of no. Like, like I don't mind that kind of stuff if, if I'm like prepared, but like, People are like, oh, play some of your music. I'm like, yeah, it's not really the kind of thing where... It's not the vibe. It's not Brian Costello's 40th birthday. Brian, the fact that he played for your 40th birthday, that shows you how much he loves you. But that was big. We had Craig Goldberg and Jim DeSanto playing. It was a big big event. Yep. It was was pretty big. It was wonderful. It really was, it was great. exciting. That People felt, enjoyed good. it. That, felt yeah. good. that was a good yeah. vet. That was a good venue. It's perfect for yeah. him yep. uh, to play that. Uh, and that is five questions. Uh, we have an exciting month of July coming up. Very exciting month of July coming up. <laughs> Jim uh, will play a bris. If, yeah. it, if anybody needs a musician for a bris. Yeah. Thank you. He Scott will play, uh, yes. 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 He Jim will. will that say is yes absolutely that. true. Yep. Um, I've also been known to play in in um you know a birthing suite. So that's, if you that's, that's true. not true, I did not. Play I know you didn't bring your guitar, but I would have in, in retrospect. If I, had I asked, should have brought yeah. my yeah, that would have been. I you know, so if I you need did. me, if hours, you're if you're working with a doula and you want if you want an uh, you know some male energy mm-hmm. in the room, yeah, <laughs> for oh. whatever reason, that's kind of weird. Yeah, I know. No, that's I know. not. <laughs> I think. I think just Maybe for your own children, that. like yeah. that was really the yeah. only time people yeah, that ship sure has sailed. Yeah. No, we are not yeah. going not into, into anybody it. else's birthing suite. Thank I you. I can learn a bunch of songs about it though. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I did ask Jim <laughs> if I died at a young age to play Dust in the Wind at my uh, funeral. And I would not be able to pull that off. So. I will take a coffee can of your ashes and scatter <laughs> them it. out over a cliff <laughs> into the, the Hudson into River. The, upper quad. the Hudson River at Corn wall on hudson i love it um a lot of fun stuff coming up in july including our next film uh in july i've done some huge research you should be following us on social media each day in july i will be posting a huge blockbuster hit from previous years and we'll be celebrating the beginning of july by looking at a former blockbuster summer hit armageddon uh, last year for the 4th of July, we unfortunately allowed Katie to talk us into watching Independence Day, <laughs> so which good. was a goddamn <laughs> nightmare. So of a awful movie. <laughs> awful movie. Yes. So <laughs> this year. Awful idea. So this year, I didn't even bother asking her what she wanted to see. And I just picked Armageddon. Um, but each day in July, Meanwhile, I will be picking. Jim really loves that movie. So. What? Armageddon? It's been a while since you've watched it. 
Armageddon. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, we're not, he's not talking about Independence it's, Day. No, Independence Day. I hate that. No, 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 I'm sorry. Clear, Armageddon. I hated that movie when is, I saw it. This is one of the like eye glistening movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it. I listen. I will cry when I watch this film. Yep. Um, again, as always, like, share, review. If you have friends, just ask them. Mm. Watch. I or, think we're closing in on ten dollars, right. maybe. No, no, we're way room. above. We're way I above. We hit eleven. No, we're above that. I what? checked today. What? What yeah. happened? Quarantine what I think listening. Happened. No, quarantine listening is down. We are down. Across the board, twelve people are violating quarantine. They're taking masks off. Mm -hmm. They're ruining the world, but they're listening to our podcast. I'm just going to put this out there. Maybe if you updated the commercial to be an honest reflection of this experience, instead of saying that you are the favorite comm major, Mm. then maybe folks would start the experience of listening to comm majors in a positive place and then listen to more episodes maybe maybe we'll never know (laughs) probably never know i don't know how to make a commercial so we haven't been asked to make any others we haven't been asked to make any others i'm still waiting for comcast i really thought that comcast i mean you put yourself right out there for them i put myself out there for comcast and they did nothing Mm -hmm. for us um but we'll see you soon in uh for Armageddon, which is amazing. <laughs> Bye, everybody. All right. Bye. See you, everybody.